0: What's up? Welcome in the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO to live your bet life and get up to $2,000 in free bets. Welcome in Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano with you on this Tuesday edition of the show. Both of us were at Hallis Hall today. Bears OTAs open to the media for the first time. This is really their first opportunity to get on the field uh, this offseason with not only the veterans, but also the rookies that they drafted. Bring everybody together. And other than some tweaks here and there to the roster, which we will sh- see, of course, you know, throughout the summer up until week one. This really is the core group of guys that they have. So practices started yesterday. We are allowed to be there today. Nick, what's up?
1: How to feel bears going to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, obviously, day two of OTAs. uh I I look. I dressed appropriately. I think Adam Johnson yes. gave give me some some crap. He's like, I can smell your leather jacket from here, Nick. I'm like, come on, man. At least I dressed right today. Wait, he did see that. He did say that to you. Yeah. Yep. I was. Uh, he he see. moved over slightly. He's like, yeah, I can smell the leather jacket from here, Nick. I'm like, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> see, you know what? Um,
0: I thought he would have thought better than that because he was the one who showed up in shorts today. And was yeah, cold. he did. He did, and uh, Adam, I didn't even get a chance.
1: Yeah, that's true. Adam, I didn't even get a chance yesterday from the softball game that we played yesterday. Your good friend, uh, is it Ernie, who does the the voiceover? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he came up to me. He's like, hey, where the hell is Adam Hogue at? Where's Adam Hogue? And then I'm like, well, his son's got a, you know, a baseball game of his own tonight. He's like, well, you got to get him out here. So uh, he wanted me to relay that message to you. And this is the first time I'm actually doing that on the podcast.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I, I love Ernie. Yeah, Ernie's the one who does the voiceovers in the open for uh, the Hogan Johns podcast. So.
1: Um, we should get him to do some stuff for CHGO quite frankly he's got his- he's got a great voice like just hearing him i'm like uh, man you could tell that you know he's got the voice for it so and he's Damn, a cool de- dude. definitely now and he loves the softball a uh, big opening victory
0: for CHGO what a, i mean what a start for the
1: expansion team got to love it good job by you guys yeah, we, we came back. What was it? Six unanswered runs, and I finished two for three. Got my two singles in in the day. Got a, a really I, – look. I okay, what was the out, though? Here. What was the out? Man, Okay, well, here's the funny thing, too. Oh. I kept – every time I hit, I kind of let go of my bat. and <laughs> the, the ump was like, hey, you got to hold on to your bat. So the third time I go up there, it was a pot fly that got caught, but he said if it wasn't, I would have been out regardless because I let go of my bat again. I, that's the one thing I got to work on. You guys just not, I don't know what it was. I just, every time I let it go behind me, I just try to run to first. What, and
0: what, I'm not even making this up. We had a kid at our seven and eight year old game on uh, Saturday who had that problem. Come on, Nick, you're better than that.
1: Yeah. 27 years old. I can't. I don't know. Hang on to the bat. I told the up too. I'm just going to run with it. I don't know if you've ever seen the, what is it? The bench warmers where he's running up to the first baseman. He's like threatening to to yeah. hit the first baseman for it. But yeah, that's what I got to work on. Adam, not letting go of the bat and like destroying people's shins. So I'll work on that for next game.
0: All right. Yeah. Always. Um, see, those are the games you like. You, you get the victory, but you look back at the tape and you go, we can still make this correction. You could still get better in your case. Apparently you got like a Brett Boone bat flip that you need to control. <laughs> exactly. So settle down exactly. on those singles. Um, all right. Uh, let's jump into some things from bears. OTAs today. I want to address one thing off the top because I've already seen multiple comments about it. Um, the Jalen Johnson press conference today. Why? Uh, Joe's asking, why did the media go so hard on Jalen Johnson? There's another comment from Reed. I haven't watched the JJ interview, but heard there were some stupid questions. All right, full transparency, I was not in the room for that specific press conference. I did hear, I did go back and listen to the exchange that he had between, uh, it was him and uh, Jason Jason Leisure Leisure. from the Saints sometimes. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you were in there. But the question was essentially, Jalen, you had a good season, but the secondary did not. Like, how do you feel about all that? Or how, you know, how do you want to bounce back from that? Essentially. I mean, that's not word for word, but I'm paraphrasing the question. And And that was, he took exception or he got defensive, let's say, about the idea that the secondary was bad. And he was asking like, okay, well, where did we rank? Like he wanted specific numbers. And I heard Courtney Cronin jump in there with an actual stat. Like she was ready to fire back. That was, that was impressive. And, like, Jason was was like, well, whatever metric you look at, like your bottom five, the secondary is bottom five in most things. But I guess by what I'm getting at, correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like fair questioning, and I'm not exactly
1: sure what Jalen was upset about. Yeah, it seemed like definitely a fair question, and he just took, and he zeroed in on, again, like you were saying, the part about, the, the secondary being bad, as opposed to the second part, like, what do you make of playing in, in that type of... Yeah, exactly. Like, you can look yeah. at, at a lot of the stats, they will reflect that. But he did give an you know, I think his answer, though, once that kind of all got cleared away, is like, you know, there were some mental lapses, didn't finish plays, things like that. So, I think he eventually got to it, but he did take um, to account, like, that specific part, and wanted the specifics of how bad they were, and I guess it's interesting that I don't know. I figured you would know, like as a, as a, as a player, like how did we do last season? And maybe, you know, he just doesn't look into those kind of things, but yeah, you know, I think Patrick Finley also chimed in like where they ranked in terms of quarterback passer rating. Like you said, Courtney Cronin gave a stat, but yeah, I, to me it just felt like Jalen Johnson was a little bit, I don't know, on edge a little, just, just in, throughout the entire press conference a little bit. He did, um, I think open up a little bit in terms of some questions, but it just felt like after that moment, there was a little bit of a edginess in the room.
0: Yeah. I I feel the same way. Noah says he probably felt like the media was trying to get him to throw his teammates under the bus.
1: I I didn't, I didn't think that was like, again, that's not what Jason's intent was with that initial question. Again, he just wanted to know how he kind of handled that being in that kind of that room. And, you know, like I said, where you have
0: a good season, but as mm-hmm. a whole, you know, the players around you don't, I, I think that's a, I think that's a fair question, but um, I just wanted to address it off the top because we were immediately getting questions about it. And I do, you know, sometimes it's, it's tough when you're not in the room. Um, if you're just some, watching over, I know a lot of our fans probably sit here and watch the press conferences online too. Um, sometimes you lose the context of the questions sometimes questions are taken the wrong way nobody wants to answer questions about how they suck uh mm-hmm. you know we don't want to do that either so i understand it to a certain extent but yeah i don't, I don't I, anyway i don't think it was that big of a deal um other takeaways from practice today first of all we should start with attendance because people do wonder about these things with it being voluntary um you know, ot- offseason training activities. But Mario Edwards, Robert Quinn, and Al qadim Muhammad were not there. I think at this point, we can assume that, especially in Robert Quinn's case, um, I don't know that we're going to see him until mandatory minicamp, but I don't think there's anything else going on there. If it's mandatory, I'm assuming he'll be there. Uh, maybe the same thing with Mario Edwards. I don't think this is that big of a deal. And I did appreciate how Matt Eberflus handled those questions today. Look, it's voluntary would I like them here? Absolutely. What coach wouldn't coaches want their players to show up to practice, but it's voluntary. They don't have to be there. Everybody moves on. It's going to be okay.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, when you have what three players on your defensive line that show up, it you get to, it, one, it gives other guys opportunities, right. To kind of see what they look like in there, but you'd also like to see, even if it is just a second day of OTAs, what that, you know, I think complete front four actually would look like with Guys that are projected to be starters. So, um, yeah, again, what Ibrahflou said about it—that you would like to have them there, but it's voluntary. And that just in case anybody forgets that, like they don't have to show up to these things. They have other things going on. And like you said, in Robert Quinn's case, hes, he's said he's done a lot of good things in this league. Like, I don't think he has any. Um, there's, you know, he, he'll be fine in, in terms of when he comes back and being ready for for training camp.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, was there something else in the Jalen Johnson thing um, about how Eberflus praised Kyler Gordon? But then.
1: Yeah, OK, so that one actually. So that was, you know, Herb Howard, who, who always asks um, some really good, good questions there, asked him about like, you know, when, with Kyler Gordon and we do have a graphic that will show up later in the show what he's talked about him um you know, making plays on the ball and things like that? Are there different expectations for you um, in, like, the risks that you're able to take in that first – in the last season? And Jalen Johnson kind of said in the defense I was playing in, like, because he was shadowing the number one wide receiver, he didn't have those opportunities to kind of take as many risks as he wanted to. And now he's got to see what he can do – what's his role going to be in this defense? So it could change. But, yeah, so that's where that question was going to, and now the expectations for Jalen Johnson, what his role is going to be, and whether or not he'll take more risks, um, maybe potentially getting interceptions it, with this new role that he's going to have in, in Matt Eberflus, allen williams defense.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, I,
1: I guess maybe even I
0: need to go back and listen to some of that stuff, but um, I, I, I think this is much to do about nothing probably in May. Uh, Jalen Johnson obviously didn't appreciate the questioning. It's all right. Um, but the head coach did praise Kyler Gordon today. He kind of went out of his way to do so. Um, bad Eber and he kind of, yeah, he, he, I don't remember the specific question, but he sort of emphasizes multiple times on his own saying, I will say this. And he said, Kyler's mm-hmm. been lighting it up the last two days. I'll just tell you that the guy's got tremendous ball skills. Um, and it was one of those things where you could tell he meant it when he was saying it, he wasn't just throwing fluff out there. Um, and I think we saw t- it always helps when we can see something with our own eyes too. Kyler Gordon did have inner interception today. At least I think he did. It sure looked like he did. We were really, really far away today with a bunch of giant human beings in between us and where the plays were happening. Cause they were on a far field. Um, So I'm going to assume his feet were in bounds because I couldn't really, you know, I'm, I'm talking hundreds of yards away, (laughs) Um, but it sure looked like he made a nice play on the ball. And I just, let me check my notes. I'm pretty sure that was on Trevor Simeon, just so everyone, because everyone immediately would say Mm -hmm. there was an interception. Did Justin Fields throw the interception? Oh no. Is he a bust?
1: (laughs) No, this was Trevor Simeon.
0: That was a Trevor Simeon throw. I believe and Kyler Gordon made a nice play.
1: I do have in my notes here, Adam, that Kyler Gordon did have a nice pass breakup with Justin Fields as a quarterback as he's rolling out to the left towards the left sideline. Gordon does make a nice play on the ball. But something else that Matty Reflew said, what they're kind of focusing on, especially because they're not in pads, are body control and showing the, the attributes that way. And when he said that, before he kind of mentioned Kyler Gordon, I'm like, well, who's somebody who shows good body control? It's Kyler Gordon out of any of these guys because of his background in, you know, kung fu, but also competitive dance. That's a guy that knows how to contort his body. And he's talked about that, too, in previous press conferences and has also been asked about it. So if there is somebody that should be showing out despite being a rookie, like this is Kyler Gordon. This is where Kyler Gordon should show some of those flashes. And so far, so good through two OTA practices. He's kind of been doing that
0: yeah uh good and and not only that but we you know we saw the cramps issue back in rookie mini mm-hmm. so good to not see that pop up again or be anything worse than that I hate that the Kevin White thing ever happened, but I swear to God anytime I hear like an it's it, it, it sucks because it's like honestly like a player could just have a sore calf or something mm-hmm. and i I just feel like I can never trust John Fox. <laughs> who's not here anymore? But it's like <laughs> it, it's like okay. I need I like when something like that happens. I need to see the guy back on the field, at least a couple days later, uh, or I start to worry. Was there a pre-draft thing going on? Blah blah blah. So in this case with Kyler Gordon, it seems like everything's okay. And not only that is he's out there, but he's making plays. And we talk about this. I talk about this every year, Nick. First impressions matter to me a lot with these rookies. Mm-hmm. Now I put a little bit more stock in. It it, even more so in training camp, especially when the pads go on, but even like a week in a training camp, I feel like you know a lot early on. And so this time of year where it's OTAs, you have to be careful. Um, Because I remember one year where David Hesser was running around as the uh, number one wide receiver making a lot of plays and Brandon Marshall was talk. No, was that Brandon Marshall? I don't know if there was an overlap there. Well, he wouldn't have been the number one wide receiver. I think I'm confusing two different years. I think there was one year whatever that turned out to obviously not be the case when Devin Hester was, was, uh, you know, the number one guy, uh, he Mm -hmm. never made it that that way. So you do have to be a little bit careful, but I think when a guy like Kyler Gordon shows up on campus in Lake forest and starts making plays
1: like that, you can feel good about it. At least you exactly. You want to see it too. Like again, like what Iberfus was saying, show the, the, the body control Gordon's showing that I see some comments in here too. Adams, people are asking about who was in the scrum, the little skirmish that happened in, I don't know, midway through the practice. So we know LaCale London was identified as one of the guys. We don't know who he got into it with, but Matty Rufloos did talk about his his point of view and what his perspective on, on kind of the, the skirmishes that happened. He says, one, just not going to tolerate it. Um, you have to have emotional control. Uh, mentality like a boxer, he kind of put it out uh to like you got to be able to control yourself even though it was a small instant today just wants to keep that control moving forward i just think about someone that's currently not at bears practice mario edwards losing that control multiple times throughout last season where he got penalized you know i think three or four times for those personal personal foul penalties so that's, that's going to be Matty or approach. You don't want to have, well, I think he said bears on bears or bears fighting, bear, whatever <laughs> he ended up saying something along those lines. And that's what kind of happened. What led to the scrum don't know exactly. Again, we were far away. I brought my binoculars. Like I said, I was going to Adam. I couldn't see anything because like you said, there are giant human beings on, on the side, on the sidelines that you can't see through. So it's kind of tough to identify what's going on and who who's involved at all times.
0: Yeah. Um, look, this was not a big deal today with the tiny scrum. It's going to happen. The only reason why I think this is a story at all, and I'm glad that Mark Grody asked the question today in the press conference is because this is a new coach. This is a new coaching staff. This was an issue in the past with some players mm-hmm. who are stolen as You just pointed out, Nick, how is this going to be addressed? Does it bubble up into a bigger issue in the future? Because sometimes little stuff like this can carry over to another practice. It happens a lot in training Mm -hmm. camp when the pads are on. Things are a little bit hotter. Everybody's kind of crankier and you get worn down in camp. And then one thing that happens on Tuesday leads to a bigger blow up on Thursday. And so how these coaches uh, shut it down matters. Now, pretty much every coach is going to say what Matty Rufloos said today. think matt nagy probably said it at some point it's what you really do about it behind the scenes so um and to your point like mario Edwards not even being there today probably has no idea this is even happening unless he's watching the show (laughs) today what's up mario if you are i doubt it um so but again like we couldn't really see that well what I do know is it did certainly not look like any punches were being thrown. And I think as long as it doesn't get to that level, it's okay. It was when you got to the level of helmets are being swung or people are punching helmets, which is even dumber. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it's dumber than using the helmet as a weapon, but it is dumb because you can break your hand. If you punch a face mask hard enough,
1: it's really not oh, smart. Yeah. Um, or if you're like Martellus Bennett throwing down Kyle Kyle Fuller that one year like yes. was that the first year he was drafted to or I can't even remember if that I was, was his first year I think Fuller might have year. been a rookie yeah so it's like oh there's the first round draft pick being thrown down to the ground like things are going to get heated but like Matty Reflus is saying you got to have that control because if it's carrying if you're doing just like if you're practicing right now getting those those mental reps and you're you're practicing it to a routine like is that going to become something that Blows over in a game because someone's something's happening. So I, you know, you, like you said, am probably all coaches are going to say that, but at least they're instilling it now, and the players will know exactly what the consequences are and what's kind of like the approach that's going to happen when those things do happen. Yeah, um, couple other things from
0: and I got a couple nuggets from Matt Eberflus. We'll get to in a second. In fact, one thing I know our fans care about and I want to talk about, um, because I have some strong opinions on it. And you probably know where I'm going with that. Um, but first, Lucas Patrick, can I go ahead and like nominate him already for the media good guy award? Like this guy shows up, is thoughtful. I like I like him a lot already, and it's not just because he's answering questions and he's entertaining. But if anybody here got a chance to listen to his press conference, you probably know what I'm talking about today. And he was the same way in his introductory press conference. The reason why I think it matters more than what he's saying to us is he comes across like a guy who is making an impact as a veteran mm-hmm. in that. Now, I'm not just saying offensive line room, but that definitely does matter, especially when you have as many rookies as they brought in and four draft picks um in the offensive line room. But just as a whole in that offense, like they need leadership, they need guys to be not only vocal leaders, but set the tone on that old line, play with the physical um, nature and just the way he talks, the things he says, granted, you got to back it up with, with action, but I can see why, and this is kind of a bigger picture conversation too. I think in general, a lot of us, including myself, sometimes getting a little too caught up in big names and the amount of money that is being thrown at some of these players in free agency. And everybody's kind of looking at that and being like, Oh, they're being cheap on the O line. They're not giving Justin Fields enough help. And instead, I think we need to pay, not that that doesn't matter, but we also need to pay attention to fit. Right? Mm-hmm. So look at upside, look at character, look at the culture, Look at how a guy fits this outside zone running scheme that they want to run and understand that if you, and, and Lucas Patrick got into this a little bit too. If you know what you're doing, first and foremost, you can play a lot faster. Yep. And how many times across all position groups in that last offense that we just witnessed, did it look like players didn't understand what they were doing? So it starts there. You, I don't care how talented you are. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be a good fit into the offense. And as a GM, if you can bring more and more players like that in, it's possible to be functional. I'm not saying high-powered top-five offense. You do need playmakers t- to have that, but you can certainly be functional on offense with that. I think more maybe not putting enough stock into that sometimes with what Ryan Poles has done with this
1: unit. No, that's a really good point there, Adam. And what what Lucas Patrick was saying is that even with the younger guys that came in drafting those four offensive linemen on day three, he's competing with himself because those guys are going to ask him a lot of questions. So he needs to know, and he believes that he needs to know the answers all the time. And so he's not only just competing on the field, but competing within himself to make sure he's the most prepared offensive lineman out there. So that when these younger guys who are going to ask questions come up to him, he has the right response. And, you know, as somebody that um, is coming from Green Bay to Chicago and there's obviously being the starting center, he just puts a lot on himself to have things right. And I do appreciate that and how thorough he is with answering some of these questions. He was, you know, he was asked about the comparison of like Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields. He's like, I can't do that. Like, that's not like a fair comparison because one guy has played 16 to 17 years and, you know, Fields is here, but he does he does have a presence to him, I'll, I'll say, just from being in this, the, the amount of conferences we were with him so far. But he does have that sense of responsibility, and I'm sure that carries over to some of the younger guys and, you know, the starting guys that are currently on this Bears offensive line.
0: Uh, I want to share this one quote with you. From Lucas Patrick, he was asked about the four draft picks on the offensive line and uh, what he wants to see from the line as a whole. Now that those players have been added in, he said, Every day just get better, compete, and get tough. I'm so fired up that RGM is a former offensive lineman because I think he gets it to the core what it takes to build an offensive line, and it's tough competition, smart just like guys who love football and just want to compete. And I think it's great. I mean, bring 30 guys in. We can only have five and it's only going to push guys further. It's going to push me further. I'm going to push other guys further. I can't think of a better scenario. Even for me as a veteran, having so many young guys that they see different things or they are asking me questions and I got to be even more on top of my game and what I know mentally because I know they're going to ask a ton of questions and I have to be right. So all around, there's a ton of great things. I feel like there's two worlds that are existing, right? Like, and this happens a lot in the NFL and I get that. And probably neither one is completely right, but I do feel like inside a house hall, they have a completely different view of like what this offense can become even with the personnel they have now than the outside world and i'm not saying that that view inside house hall is completely correct because trust me we just lived through a whole situation where they thought they had everything solved and obviously it wasn't so i'm not trying to give them too much of the benefit of the doubt but i think we do have to give them a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt especially because the gm is an offensive lineman Mm -hmm. and i'll be the first to raise my hand of all the things with football that I think I know offensive line is definitely lower on that list. And I'm not going to pretend to be an O-line expert. So like, I feel like if this is the first impression that some of these players in that room have about what they're putting together, like let's at least let this thing play out into training camp when we get more eyes on them and the pads gone, especially when the pads go on.
1: Yeah. And even Chris Morgan was talking about that a little bit. We can't, properly evaluate exactly what we have in front of us right now until the pads come on but to what you were saying and it's like if there's somebody to trust with trying to build this offensive line it is the general manager of the Chicago Bears who was a former offensive lineman and also the assistant Ian Cunningham who also fulfilled that role so I think when it comes to what they're doing how they're approaching it the guys that they did bring in and who they signed with Lucas Patrick and the four draft picks that they brought. Like you just, we got to wait it out before everyone makes any assumptions. Like, Hey, just feels is going to get tore up back there. This line can't, can't block. We don't know who the right guard is. There are still a lot of questions, but at this point trying to make any quick determinations of what this O line is at in may, like we're, we're, we're jumping the gun. So we just have to wait and see what it, what it looks like in training camp. Who's playing where, And then we'll have a way better evaluation and assessment of this offensive line that is is still a work in progress. All right. I want to talk about Matt E. philosophy on captains
0: because I know that has come up both on Twitter and in some of our comments on the show. And so I wanted to go ahead and ask that coach about that. And I did today. But first... Got to tell you, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up, and if you do that right now, you will get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. I put in for four more shirts today. Nick? Ooh um two for my wife there you go she wanted the script chgo or bulls mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. but i had to get and i think she got the red star shirt which is sick ones. i got the fire and um what's the other did one did you end up getting the sky oh, I, I did that's blue. what it was i got with the go. Chicago sky shirt because that one's sweet too so you can get one of those shirts free when you get the chgo membership when you use that code chgo on points bet Get it all. $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, free shirt, all from the CHGO locker. Just got to make a $50 more first-time deposit at PointsBet. And if you have any questions about that, if we haven't drilled it into your heads enough, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. They got the live NBA same-game parlay. First time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet, and you can boost those parlays. So you can watch the game live, parlay live, boost live, all with PointsBet. Online sign-up is available in Illinois. Download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. What are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. By the way, I know they take suggestions for bets, this
1: softball league—I don't know—we might have to start setting lines. <laughs> get a get a live stream going. Like, let's go! I'm all—we're all for it. We are. It was funny because Kevin texted me today while I was at Hallis Hall. Kevin K. Dog, our head of content here at CHGO, he's like, "I just want to go hit some softballs." And I was feeling the same way. My girlfriend who played yesterday was feeling the same way. Like, how's she doing? We're ready. She got a base hit, and then she scored off of um, a triple. From from first base, so hey, we we were doing bits and pieces there, all, all putting it together. But anyone we're all hit, ready. anyone hit any bombs? We were close. The one triple that uh, one one of the uh, somebody had, like it was borderline. Like it needs to be six feet in the air or six feet in the air and then cross the cone that's out in the outfield to be considered a home run. We thought it was there, but it ended up being just a triple. So. Next time, next game, umps. which will be Monday night. Monday robot night, get umps. to go. Robot umps, <laughs> robot umps is right. What what, what um. Nick was trying to say is one of the
0: one of the ringers hit.
1: That's uh, yeah. See, yeah. Kevin was like, don't don't say, it. don't say it, Nick. Don't say it. And I'm like, uh, I got that ingrained in my head now. Yeah, we had a couple of ringers, and they came in clutch, so we'll take it. Uh, also, I got to stop hitting and destroying every ump's shins going forward. Yeah. Uh, but before. Uh, we go into talking about what, what Adam was saying about the um the schedule and things like that with Matty Reflus. I have to tell you about um CHGO. You also I, have to you... give us your pick of the week. Yes, I you know what, I guess I'll do that now. All right. I'm on the Luca hype train, you guys, after seeing yes. what he did um, you know, to to end the Phoenix Suns season in game seven. So I I'm I you don't have to listen to me, but Dallas Mavericks money line plus one seventy five. Game one, coming in hot. Like I'm taking the Mavericks. I think Dallas can can win this game. Game one plus 75. Get get a decent amount of money depending on how much you bet. But I'm just riding the Luca hype train, and until that stops, um, you know, then I won't then I won't bet on him anymore. So Dallas Mavericks money line plus 175 on points bet. Do it. Win some money, hopefully. But Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family. What are you waiting for? Members will get access to our, all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You'll also get a free T-shirt of your choice when you become a member. You can get four like Adam and just kind of stockpile your, your wardrobe there with CHGO shirts. Always a good good choice there. And you also get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows on every team every day so if you have it notified on YouTube, you'll know that we were going live at five o'clock and our normal time at eleven. So definitely do that as well so you don't miss any of the great podcasts we have. And again, come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right, love it. All right. So I appreciate when
0: our fans have questions to relay on. To members of the Bears organization. And one I've gotten many times over the last few weeks is what the hell is Matt Eberflus think about captains because this became such an issue under Matt Nagy. I get it. Um, and, you know, it didn't seem like a most pressing thing off the bat, but now that they're getting out there and practicing, I did ask Matt today about, you know, is it too early for you to be looking at who might end up becoming your captains? And what is your philosophy on it? Are you a guy that wants to go... Season long captains have the same guys or go weekly. Answer to the first part is yes. He's been looking at captains, possible captains from day one. Leadership is very important. He gave a very, very good answer on that part of it. The other part, which kind of surprised me, is he said he doesn't know yet what he wants to do. And um, no fans are very passionate about this subject. And so he at least left the door open for weekly captains. So let me be very clear on this um and i think i already probably have been personally i like the idea of season long captains guys who are defined in that role i'll take it a step further which probably works a little bit better on the college or high school level admittedly than maybe in the nfl but i also like the idea of kind of having a leadership committee that goes even beyond the um Just whoever your three captains are. Because typically you're going to have an offense, defense, special teams captain. But like he said in his answer, he's like, ideally you want one in every position group, every one of those position groups, um, which I 100% agree with. So I think what, what I'm getting at is that's what I would do. doesn't mean that I cannot keep an open mind to the idea of having weekly captains. And I do understand the concept of it being something that is earned every week because I think that that can have a positive impact in practices and leading up to a game. As long as that word I said there is very important. It is earned. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you don't really seem to have any criteria, except for which one of your players used to play for that week's opponent, (laughs) what the hell is that? That, that doesn't help anything when Bruce Irvin's been on the team for five minutes and he's named a captain against the Seattle Seahawks. What what are we doing here? So I'm not ready to go out and pow Matt and Aggie or Matty. or That's the first time I think I've done that with him. I did it once <laughs> with pace. I did it once with pace and polls, which I'm still surprised it's only happened once. I think that's the first time I did it with the head coaches. Um, so, I'm going to leave an open mind because I want to see it play out. Again, my preference is season long captains, but I'm willing to listen to an
1: argument to weekly captains so long as it's actually something that is earned. I, yeah, I'm on the same level of thinking with you, Adam. I think season long, just because I think, you know, that's what I think Bears fans are so used to with when Lovey Smith was a coach, right? You'd see those season long captains. And then with Matt Nagy at the end, it's like when you see Jermaine Fetty is the captain after the whole, you know, Tevin Jenkins situation that happened against, what was that, the the Vikings game? It's like, and then he's the captain next week. It's like, what what message are you sending? One, to your rookie and to Fields, like, and then doing that, just, again, just didn't quite make sense. But I am, I do like that, season long, if that's what um, Matty Rafluce ends up doing. Another thing that I thought was interesting, what Matty Rafluce was was asked about joint practices and whether or not the bears would be partaking in that with the preseason games that they have against chiefs browns and i'm missing whoever they play the first seahawks seahawks so he said there's one team potentially that they're kind of talking with i'm a fan of the joint practices anytime you can see other competition other than your your own team I think that's beneficial in the long run, just to see where you stack up, where you need to work on things like that. It's, you know, the, um, obviously the bears had the Miami dolphins last season, wherever we get to feel. And look, they ended up with Jakeem grant too. I wonder if those joint practices had any influence of just seeing a little bit more of who he was about. It definitely what he had an to... Yeah. They were yeah, So saying that. So things like that, you never know what you're going to see out of another team on somebody that's not being utilized on their roster. Could you bring them to your roster and do something else with that? So if the bears do end up making joint practices happen with one of those three teams, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely for that. I think, again, there's so many benefits of doing so. I'm not terribly
0: surprised. Once we saw the schedule that the preseason schedule, that it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. For one, typically it's, well the, well, the schedule changed because there's now only three games. But the, So the Bears did it last year against the first opponent. The pass mm-hmm. it had usually been against the second opponent. So if you, it, it would not be against the Browns as the last opponent. It's just too no. late in camp. So if you look at the first two opponents, I'm going to start with the second one. Seattle Seahawks, probably the hardest team logistically to pull joint practices off. You got to sure. understand that you're bringing all this practice. You're bringing way more than you do on a road trip for just a game you got to like literally move your team facility into a different team facility. I have never been in the Seahawks facility. I don't know what kind of logistics they have there to even host another team, which is another thing you got to keep in mind. Um, like the bears were not able to host another team until last year. They had to make a lot of changes. They had to create more practice fields. they had to come up with all this stuff to even be able to host the dolphins. And even then, I don't know that it was as great of a situation as maybe when they went to Denver, um, Cause I think Denver had a lot more room, mm-hmm. w- whatever. Um, so I don't know. And, and I tried to Google this earlier. I could not find any documented examples of the Seahawks even being involved in joint practices. Okay. I, in mm-hmm. fact, what came up were some uh, like message board questions from fans being like, how come we never practice against another team in training? <laughs> so I don't know if they've done it or not but uh I do just know like logistically the Seahawks aren't probably the best match. Then there's the Chiefs, which seems a little awkward. That's, I mean yeah. like like I, and I now maybe on one hand with polls's relationship with them it actually would be a good fit, but then I I don't know I, I I I don't know. It just seems like with with Matt, not that Matt Nagy has any pull over there, but Andy Reid certainly does. And I just Mm -hmm. I I, them coming back. Remember the game, the game's here at Soldier Field. So Mm -hmm. them practicing at House Hall. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about it a little bit too much, but it just didn't didn't seem like a likely candidate for
1: that to, to be the case. Or maybe it is a likely candidate, Adam, and because yeah. of that connection there. Who knows? But that would be... That would just be so weird seeing, like, Matt Nagy on the other sideline, and obviously... Patrick Mahomes. Chief, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick
0: Mahomes would finally be at Hal's Hall. Think about yeah. it that way.
1: Wow, that would be now, something.
0: what I do wonder, because you're right, Eberflues did kind of hint there's one team that maybe they're figuring something out about. Now, maybe that's the Chiefs. Maybe that's... Maybe... That's somehow the Seahawks. I doubt it. Um, Teams have pulled off practices without a game before. So remember, there is like two weeks before you actually play a preseason game and you could pull it off the week before. Now that's pretty quick in the training camp to all of a sudden Mm -hmm. be practicing against another team, uh, especially when you're trying to install your own systems as a first time coach, new staff and all that. But You know, maybe it's something where like you have the Browns come in a few weeks earlier. You know, I'm just throwing out a random team, but you end up playing the Browns later. You practice against them earlier than you play. I don't know. In that case, it's probably a more local team, somebody Mm -hmm. closer. Um, Probably not, obviously not one of your divisional opponents. So is it some somebody like the Bengals or the Browns or something like that? Um, Colts. Thank you. Noah, that's a great example. The bears did practice against the Colts once um, that was down in Indy and duh, the Colts, Matt Eberflus' team. So maybe, maybe there's there, but he did not sound that optimistic about it happening.
1: Yeah. So all speculation at this point, everybody, but like I said, I, I'm for it uh, before we continue this conversation. Again, I got to tell you about points bet. If you enjoy CHCO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download that points bet app. And use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And like I said, you do that. You also get a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And again, you'll get a free shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. A couple other things uh, to address before we get out of here. Uh,
0: we also will take some questions. Uh, but Interesting nugget from Bears running backs coach David Walker, who um, brought up that he has been having David Montgomery study some other running backs uh, that he thinks are similar. And I followed up and said, all right, uh, can you can you tell us one or two of those guys and you could tell he. Didn't necessarily uh, want to spit it up because spit it out because this is where um, not only with coaches players but also media when we start gaining into comps there's always people are like no way that doesn't make sense um, but he's having David Montgomery study Jonathan Taylor, the mm. Colts running back, and I'll give him credit because he said. He pointed out the obvious. He said, "Minus the 40 yard dash time, they're very similar in their styles." And within five seconds of tweeting this out, I immediately regretted it because of the reaction to it. <laughs> um, and I get it to some extent, but here's the thing: I understand where he's coming from. So their 40 yard times, just so people understand, Jonathan Taylor ran a 4.39. Mm. So you
1: know.
0: That's why a second round pick David Montgomery ran a four six three, which is pretty slow, quite frankly, actually, for a running back coming out. And you could say that's why he fell to the third round. You could also say he still went in the third round with that time. So he obviously had some special things about him. That the Bears obviously liked, and there's no question that he's been a very good running back for the Bears. And as I've talked about on this show many, many times before, I don't think he gets enough credit. I also have pointed out, I think he got faster last year before Mm -hmm. he got hurt like he looked faster to me in training camp so the nice thing about 40 times uh, is that you never have to worry about them again after you run them once you're drafted you're on that team you don't have to worry about 40 times the bad thing is people like us now still bring it up um, (laughs) because they still talk about straight line speed but the reality is straight line speed for running back really does not matter until you're out in the open field and you're trying to hit that extra gear to get away and score a touchdown, which Jonathan Taylor has. And I don't think David Montgomery has that same level, but if you actually look at the style of running and how they set up their blocks, how they use their vision, how they break tackles, how they run hard, um, there's, I understand where a running backs coach would look at Jonathan Taylor and say, Hey man, look at what this guy's doing you can pick out some nuggets here and there in what you're seeing on film and it can help your game. And that's all I am trying to say here. So I I love it and I like that he talked about it. I thought it was a very interesting nugget from, uh, from the Bears running backs, Coach David Walker.
1: I think, too, it's like those – don't you want to be watching tape of some of the best running backs in the league? Like Taylor's one yeah. of those guys. And well, and like, by that's- the way,
0: players do this all the time. Yeah. On their own, whether the coach tell them like, – I, I can't tell you how many wide receivers you talk to. Are like, I'm constantly studying this guy. Allen Robinson talked about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, it, you know, people are saying that's an outrageous comp because of the speed difference. like, okay, well, you still can pick up other tendencies and, like you said, tidbits from other players' game and try to implement into to yours. And Dave Montgomery has a lot of great aspects about his own game, but anytime you can add a little wrinkle, whether well, it's like – being patient when running these outside zone plays like yeah you're gonna do it to benefit you and you're stealing from others that's that's perfectly fine that's all what all these players do they're all kind of watching film on each other and seeing what they can pick up to add to their game so i have no problem with that whatsoever um i did see here i saw some Tristan ebner uh comments in here um adam and i did have him noted down like he does have he kind of has like that wide receiver ability to run routes he ran, and look, and granted, they're running routes on air in practice. And it's nothing too crazy, but, you know, Fields connected with him on a nice deep pass down the left sideline. I'm like, okay. You know, Ebner definitely has end in, in his game, so that would be a nice element to add to the running back room, being someone that can catch a ball deep out of the backfield. But you know who also was like, it was me and Herb Howard. We were talking about it. I think Mark Rody got into it too. He's like, that blasting game, that fullback over there catching passes over it in practice, I'm like, he's doing that, which is it's one. It's just anytime you mention a fullback, it's like, oh yeah, we have the Bears have one of those. It's like, yeah, and this one can catch passes, and he looks and he's just big. Like once you guys see Kahira blasting game in person, like it, it's he's he's a full package, and he can catch passes for the Bears. Like only adds to what he can potentially do if he does end up making this 53 man roster.
0: I love you, brought the fullback. First of all, I saw that catch Ebner made. It was a great mm-hmm. ball. I, it, I think it was on air. I it may have been, or it was seven on sevens, um, but it was a it was a good ball and it was a nice smooth catch. Mm-hmm. Um, go, which goes back to what you talked about earlier with Iberflus talking about body control. Trust me, man. Coaches pay attention to stuff. Just how smooth you are, even if it's just like. One on ones are literally just going through individual drills, catching passes. But when a, when a pass comes in and you got to go, you know, over the shoulder. Yep. That's over not the a shoulder. difficult catch. I mean, that is a difficult catch. Sorry, it's not. Well, it's something, something that you just want, happens. Your number one running or wide receiver better be able to do it. But mm-hmm. a lot of your running backs aren't going to be able to do it. And exactly. so for him to show that, I think it proved what we've seen on film so far with Tristan Ebner that he can do that. Um, I had a great conversation with David Walker on the fullback position because I asked him, you know, because I, I quite frankly I hadn't gone like deep enough into his career where he's been and how many fullbacks he's had. So I just asked him straight up. I'm like, all the places you've been, how many times have you had a true fullback on your roster? He you said everywhere. Mm. So he's just you know and okay, so why do you believe in the fullback position so much because obviously a lot of teams right now in the NFL they don't have fullbacks um, kind of a dying position quite frankly, but um you know he explained it very very well when you have a fullback you have you're creating an extra gap for the defense to have to to cover sure, um, yep. and with this outside zone scheme too you know you're you're making defense stretch out and they got to count for that extra gap um, and he talked about how with this wide zone running scheme I think it supplies to most run heavy teams whether it's inside outside but he called he said it's like an, a boxing match with bo- body blows throughout a game mm. so having that full I when you hear him say he's always had a fullback I'm like wow they're going to carry like this isn't just something they're doing like they're going to carry fullback like blazing games I, I i'd be shocked at this point if he's not on the team unless he got hurt so yeah. i found that very very interesting i love the idea of having a fullback and i another thing i th- you know earlier i went in the offensive line i just think we're not as a whole not paying enough attention to the offensive scheme they're going to run the ball yeah and they I, have I a good so running too. back room and now they have a fullback and if they can do that Despite the protection concerns with the offensive line, it's going to help them protect fields. It's going to help fields.
1: And you heard uh, Trevor Simeon also mentioned to Adam about leaning on the zone scheme and how that helps the quarterback. So and play connect all yes connect all the dots. You guys, they're going to run the ball. It's going to help the quarterback, and you're going to be able to see. I think the a better version of this offense because of that you're using all uh, another thing we've heard from Getsey, from Simeon from uh, Andrew Janoco. all 11. It takes all 11 to run these plays. And that's kind of what you're seeing here with, with the players that they actually have. You're going to use the fullback. You're going to use your offensive line, the guy, the wide receivers, a block so that you can get, you know, this running game going, which in effect should help your quarterback on these rollouts that the bears have been, utilizing in practices you see justin fields rolling out and um trying to attempt those passes so yeah i agree with you there is going to be an emphasis uh, to want to run the football and want to run it effectively
0: all right last thing before we sneak in some questions too this sucks quite frankly um but i saw this uh and appreciate those who sent it to me on twitter but it was kind of right right as i was heading out to practice today um a couple people jumped on Twitter and sent me the video of Tariq Cohen. I just cannot believe this happened. So he was live streaming uh, his workout today on his Instagram account, doing an Instagram live. And we know based on, we, had, we talked about him a lot last week with that awesome letter he to himself that he put out. Um, I should call it awesome, but brave letter. Well done. It was awesome just for him to come out and and talk about all the the shitty things he's had to deal with. And um, it it just, you know, humanizes the stuff that he's been through. And obviously the Bears let him go. And a nugget in there was like, he's feeling like himself again. He's feeling better. He's still trying to play football because I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do that again. So he was trying to work his way back, hopefully get into a training camp this summer and he's live-streaming his workout today, and he goes down with a non-contact injury. And, yeah. you know, you don't want to speculate on of these things, but anybody watched the video, it didn't look good. And I just cannot believe that he's probably, based on what we saw, have going to have to go through another grueling rehab. Um, and if he's just read that le- letter last week and everything he's been through... I think I even said it on the show last week, Nick, like you just hope he's back and can play football mm-hmm. again like you you're- you're rooting for that to happen, and then for this to happen right after it, it's just horrible,
1: yeah, and I think like we had like again somebody you know sent me it on Twitter, and I never even heard it with volume, so I just watched it and I thought it was bad, and then when I got here from you know the o t a practice, I turned up the volume, and like you hear it pop. And it's like, man, everything that Tariq Cohen's been through over the years, it's like you just wonder, why Why did these things keep happening to him? Like, when will it end? When will he kind of get to the other side of it? So, um, yeah, all prayers for, for Cohen. I'm seeing that, and definitely in the comments here. Hopefully, maybe it's not as bad as it looked, but it sure didn't look good, at him, And you just wonder, like, I know someone else will put in here, will he ever play again, like you know that's definitely in question we don't know the severity of what actually the injury was yeah. but it it does suck to see for a guy that's already been through so damn much yeah you, you i just
0: i hope he stays strong and um can get through this and mm-hmm. if if he does make it back
1: and, what a story that it'll be yeah what a
0: story that would be and and hopefully that's the story that gets told so mm-hmm. um all right let's fire through some questions here Our producer Stephen nicholas gonna jump these on the screen and we'll fire through them in our last few minutes on the show. Nomad says, fellas, I'd really like to know oh, what? what our new receivers look like. Me too. <laughs> could not see anything today. I have no idea. No. Um, I, okay, so what I could see there was one throw and catch to Valus Jones Jr. Okay. I honestly could not see who threw the ball though. Yes, yeah. I think Johns was sitting next, standing next to me and said it was Fields though. Yeah, I think it was Fields, but it was a, it was a, it looked like a nice catch and run down the down the sideline for Velas Jones Jr.
1: Um, Mooney looked like himself from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. And... I had a a nice running catch. It was Justin Fields to Byron Pringle over the middle of the field. Nobody was near him. It was that was in team drill too, so was able to catch and just turn up field and again. I don't know if he scores on the play, but he was able to catch the ball in stride and turned up field so that was a good catch and i also saw uh notre dame former you know notre dame chris fink making another catch down somewhere towards the left sideline i couldn't tell if that was again couldn't tell if it was fields or, or simeon or even peterman uh for that but you saw fink number 17 i believe making making a catch over there so yeah we get bits and pieces you guys with how far we were from actually all the action for today
0: All right, Justin Wayne asking, what does the very brief eye test tell you guys about this roster compared to previous years? Uh, New. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. mean, there's, I I was having a conversation on the sidelines that just a lot of new faces, which I understand why that's scary. I understand why that leads people saying they don't have a lot of talent. It also leads me to say, we don't know. I, well, let's watch this thing play out on the field in training camp in some of these preseason games. Um I do think it's a roster full of guys that fit an actual identity and philosophy. And I cannot I don't even think it's possible to oversell how much that actually means.
1: No, I, I completely agree with that. And I was like making note of who was out there because again, there were like three starters that weren't at today's practice. So I was making note of who was kind of practicing on the interior. You saw like an Angelo Blacks and Justin Jones, but you also saw Sam Kamara, 46 out there as the the opposite end. It's like, oh, well, that's usually Robert Quinn's spot. So that's okay. You probably won't yeah. see Sam Kamara, but yeah, just a bunch of new faces, a bunch of young guys getting opportunities. And, you know, when it's day two of OTAs, that's exactly what you're going to kind of see. Uh, all right,
0: let's see. What's next? How does Coach Eberflus working with players compared to Nagy? Any noticeable difference in style or command? Okay, this is where I hate to just say it's too early, but I think it's too early. Mm-hmm. One one thing we've noticed from Eberflus so far is a lot of uh, observing. Um, yeah. A lot of him watching the offense, I'll say, for a defensive mm-hmm. coach. So I think that would be the biggest difference is just like when Nagy came in, you could tell it was almost like Vic Fangio was the head coach of the defense, right? Like Nagy was just like, Vic, this is your show, run it. And he worked on his offense. Really, Flus is looking like that CEO type. He's almost spending more time looking at the offense, in my opinion. Uh, But a lot of it's just observation, you know, just kind of studying what he has on the field. I I, want to answer this question deeper in training camp when we kind of see more of this. Happen on uh, really getting closer to games because I think that'll give us a little bit more of like the one on one
1: interactions. I, w- I can't tell you this from Matty Bufloos. man always wears a white hat. Mm-hmm. And I think, and Herb Howard is saying, is he the only coach that wears the white hat? I I'm think like, so, right? I think yeah, I he's think, the only
0: one. I think I've made that observation too. And I like that because it helps me
1: find the head coach easier. <laughs> Where's Matt said? <Eberfuse>? There he <laughs> is, white hat can find him. I saw someone ask is uh, is number ninety six? Uh, did someone really get Akeem's number? That was LaCale London, the guy who got yeah. a little scrum today. Ninety six is uh, Lakeo London, so someone did get Akeem Hicks's number. Yeah, and it wasn't even updated
0: <laughs> on the roster today. We had to figure no, it out was in not. Camp. Yep. All right, uh, let's go back to that question from Brandon. Do they trade Monty next offseason if Herbert has another solid showing and with the addition of Ebner? uh, Yeah, well, they can't trade him then. Well,
1: I guess they could tag and trade him. Yeah, I guess you could do that. So, Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if they Montgomery's future with the Bears after a season is in question. I think just because you don't usually pay running backs, even though the Bears are going to have more capital. But, you know, it's, I think, again, so too early to tell, but if they like what they see in Khalil Herbert, you can get a lot of production out of him. Yeah, I can see something happening there. Tough, tough to tag it and train a running back, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, it,
0: it's let's we'll let's we'll see how the season plays out, quite frankly, and see how much money he earns. Um, All right. What do we got next? Oh, yeah, I saw Ooh. this. My pal, Nick Wright. Went through the whole season, uh, and he. When I say whole season, he picked every game on the NFL calendar. Okay. Um, and when he got done with that, the, the the interesting thing about that exercise is you're not necessarily going through just team by team like we did last week. We went through the whole bear schedule, but you're kind of like if you're on the um, the Bills. Right. Mm-hmm. And you you start with the bills. Like eventually you're going to reach that bears game and you're going to mark it down as a win. And then that's going to become an L in the bears column. Uh-huh. And so before you even get to the bears or whatever team X team, you've already filled out some of those losses or wins, whichever way. So it, it can surprise you sometimes with how it comes out. He had the bears at 11 and six. I, I have not had full honesty. I saw this briefly on Twitter today. I love Nick, um, and I, I hope there's a clip of him actually explaining it. Cause I know he's awesome on social media with all the clips that come out from that show. So I, hopefully it's down there and I'll watch it. Maybe we can discuss a little bit more on tomorrow's show. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. So kind of curious of what wins he does have pegged for, for the bears there to get to 11, but yeah, definitely have to look into that one.
0: Yeah. Um, Last two questions were kind of repetitive on some, what we already asked about the coaches and the operation of practice. So we'll get to some of those in the, in the future, but appreciate everybody that jumped in with questions today. A lot of good stuff. Um, it's good to have football to look at and watch. Hopefully next week we can see it a little bit closer, um, but the next, let's see next week, next Tuesday is another show. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they skip a week.
1: Then go back next and Then week we go there. back. But we have a lot of
0: practices to look at. So, um, all right. We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano, uh, at CHGO underscore sports, at CHGO underscore Bears. Check out our friends at PointsBet. Use that code CHGO. Tomorrow show, back in studio, our guys from the Bulls podcast, Matt Peck. Big Dave are going to be there. They're big Bears fans. They have thoughts. They're fired up. We're going to collaborate with them. It's going to be a fun show tomorrow. Back in studio, 11 a.m. We will talk to you then.